Hi, I'm Tefra Jemian. And I'm Tom Zalatni. And you're listening to the No Bad Food Podcast. If you're new here, welcome. This is a show about great food and the people who love to make and eat it. Our mandate is simple, to explore, taste, and learn about food in ways that celebrate all the things that make it great. Every week, we dig into a different dish, meal, ingredient, cuisine, or piece of food media, exploring the history and culture around it, sharing favorite recipes, and learning from our wonderful guests. The only rule? You gotta love it. After all, there's There's no no such such thing thing as as bad bad food. food. Before we begin, we'd like to take a minute to acknowledge that the studio where we're recording is situated within the traditional and unsurrendered territories of the Ganyangahaga First Nations. As settlers, it's important that we remember that the lands we occupy are not our own, and that we engage in conversations that challenge the colonial mindset. We want to encourage you to take some time today and every day to reflect on your relationships with the land you live on and with the indigenous communities of that area. This episode is dropping on October 2nd. Um, In Canada, the National Day for Truth and Reconciliation is observed on September 30th, so that was this past Saturday. Mm -hmm. Uh, The National Day for Truth and Reconciliation is a fairly recently established um, federal holiday. It was first observed in 2021 more recent than covid real recent yeah Yeah. and uh it was established um after even more mass graves were found at residential schools for those of you who don't know about the history of the residential school system in canada a uh not too surprising because canada keeps this real close to their chest Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. and it's really only been prominent in the last couple of years but it was one of the systems throughout Canada designed to perpetuate the genocide of Indigenous people. So the last residential school in Canada was closed in 1996, and the system itself was officially done in 1999. So well within both of our lifetimes, Mm -hmm. probably well within your lifetime, because I don't think we have that many very young listeners. I don't think anyone born after the year 2000 listens to podcasts. Yeah. Anyway, it's it's the most significant day of yeah. uh, Indigenous remembrance um, in Canada, and it's also known as Orange Shirt Day. Mm-hmm. We wear orange shirts to commemorate a woman who is still alive, not very old. I think she's in her 60s now. When she was sent to the residential school, her grandmother gave her an orange shirt to wear for her first day of school, and it, along with all of her other belongings, were taken from her when she arrived. Yeah. So we wear orange shirts to commemorate her and to commemorate all of the children and families who were and continue to be torn apart. On September 28th, it was also the third anniversary of Joyce Echakwan's death, an Indigenous woman who died in a hospital in Canada while not receiving adequate care while crying out for help. And her death was one of the things that sparked the establishment of of the National Day of Truth for Truth and Reconciliation, mm-hmm. uh, that along with the discovery of the mass graves in many, many provinces across Canada. So yeah. this is a longer intro than we usually give because it's a significant time for it. Mm-hmm. If you're unfamiliar with Canada's uh, abhorrent history of genocide, look them up, um, especially if you're Canadian, but I think also just anybody, well, anybody in the world, but especially if you're Canadian or American, I think it's it's really good to know these things. Mm-hmm. Um, and take some time, learn about where you live, learn about the people who have the rights to where you live. Uh, You can go on native-land.ca to find that, and that is a worldwide uh, system that will show you what nation or nations uh, hold claim to where you live. You can't talk about food without talking about the earth 
And we can't talk about the earth without talking about the long history of uh, displacement and genocide. So, yeah. Yeah. And we'll include links to a bunch of relevant stuff in the description of this episode for that as well to make that easier for you. So... It's October. It is. It is, I think, solidly fall now. Yeah. Although, as as you say that, we're on like day two or three of weird heat that just came back after like a week of beautiful fall weather. So I don't even know what to believe anymore. I mean, it's not unusually hot for the fall, actually. It's just that we just had really beautiful, crisp weather for a while. And yeah. now it's like up in the early 20s again, and it feels hotter. Yeah. I have a coworker from Chile, and she was telling me that back home when this happens there in the fall you know when they start getting fall weather and then they get a week of you know hot i believe she said it was called san juan's like gift or san juan's surprise or something to to that effect you know something positive and i was like oh that's funny because the closest i think of that is like we kind of get fool's spring here yeah (laughs) which is sort of the same thing where halfway into spring we get a week of winter again yeah uh, I don't. I don't like. It. I want. I want fall. I want it to be real fall. It's gonna you know? be real fall. I know. Don't you worry. It's October. I know. I'm really hopeful. I hope this is one of those years where we get fall like into November. Mm. I don't think we got it last year, but I think we got it the year before that. Hot, last hot take. I want this to be one of those years where we get fall up until the actual end of fall in like late December. You know. Oh yeah, but we never get that. I know. That's a fool's quest. We need to move further south. The thing we is, need, I we need to move to New England. <laughs> You're always pushing for it. I remember once in high school, once, I went on Christmas Day, like the 25th, in the evening to my buddy Sky's place for, like, I was going to crash at his place that night, and then the next day we were going to go downtown and do some shopping. There was no snow on Christmas Day. We woke up the next morning and there was a blanket of snow mm-hmm. on the 26th, and it sucked because I didn't have boots, but we still trekked downtown to, right. you know, do things. And that's, I think, the latest that I've ever not oh, had Oh, that was to the first snow. snow. The first snow was the 26th yeah. that year. Yeah. Wow. And I, I remember thinking, yeah, okay, cool, good. Yeah. No, you will love New England. I'm sure. But, you know, as we, you know, get into the fall, as we deal with fluctuating temperatures that grow steadily toward what I actually want them to be, uh, as we enjoy seeing things change and leaves fall from trees and kids back in school and everything kind of getting cozy, we thought... October is a good time for us to talk either about spooky stuff, mm-hmm. because it's Halloween mm-hmm. soon, or cozy stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think early October makes more sense to talk coz, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And then we'll get real spooky with it. Oh, we're going to scare your butts off at the end of October. Be so scared by the end of Just the you wait. There's going to be mother. jump scares left and right. You're going to be so scared of food by the end of this, you won't ever be able to eat again. <laughs> there's no bad food, but That's there's the point bad of our dreams. <laughs> So I went apple picking. Hell yeah, you did. Last weekend with the kids. It was really nice. You stayed home because I have been traveling a lot lately. And so you have been at home with the kids uh, a lot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and so you took some time for peace and quiet. It was good. Yeah. I did some puzzling. Yeah. Played a little video game. Every day I'm puzzling. Every did, day Did I'm a lot puzzling. of laundry. That's, that's about it. That's your happy place. That's a Virgo's happy place. It's fine. Yeah. So I went and picked apples and it was like a perfect fall day. It was absolutely gorgeous. Uh, I went with Bailey for any of you who uh, came here from the Yeah podcast that I used to run with Bailey. And we picked a bunch of apples. And now 
it is baked fruit season. Hell yeah. Like, I'm is. not saying summer isn't because stone fruit is beautiful baked, mm-hmm. but like you don't want to turn the oven on in the summer. No. You don't want to. Well, that's the thing. In the summer, the stone fruit bakes when you bring it home from the grocery store. <laughs> you want to like grill it, you know? Yeah. 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 But now it's starting to be the time of year when you actually want to turn the oven on. Mm-hmm. And I have made an apple honey cake twice since picking the apples. I have not done nearly as much apple baking as I thought I would this week because for some reason this week was just so incredibly stressful and busy because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was in an art show. That's yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I really love baked fruit season. I really love apples. If you know anything about me by now, you know that I love apples. So I thought we would combine these loves and talk to you today about crisps. Crumbles and cobblers. Ooh, baby. Okay, can I try to define the three? Yes, absolutely. Okay, because I I think I know the difference, but I probably don't, and I want to... I always love when you make guesses at things, because when you're wrong, it's always really funny, so please. Like, you're not wrong in a normal way, you're always wrong in a, like extremely creative and silly way so please i'll take it no pressure all right so let's start with crisps my blanket idea here is that i think it's all about like texture and like moisture content i i want to say okay. which is maybe not the right word for it but no i uh, get it i get it so crisps i think of as being the driest of the three mm-hmm. you might have say like an oat based kind of crumb happening on top as opposed to like a, a dough or you're you know. on the right track okay Still with fruit, chopped up, baked as part of it. All of these have chopped up baked fruit as yeah. part of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Assume chopped up baked apples are involved. Or it's, fruit. Other fruit. You can make yeah. Apples. But I mean, let's be real. It's apple season, baby. It's apple season, baby. But now I really want to make like a, pl- a blueberry crumble. Sure. So yeah. So crisp to me, it's like, it's more oaty mm-hmm. and it's more, I mean, it's crispy. It's like, it's in the name. Like Garfield's brother. You cut up a dog, feed it to your cat. <laughs> It's spooky season. Spooky. So that's crisps to me. It's it's that they're they're drier. Yeah, basically. you're not you're not too far off. Yeah. Let's hear about crumbles. Crumble. To me, a crumble implies like that the crust in air quotes, you know, the, the top crust situation of it is like thicker and buttery mm-hmm. and like um not dry necessarily, but hard still. Mm-hmm. Um, so you get that like crunch of it, but because it's super buttery, it's still like soft, right? Mm-hmm. And then the cobbler, believe it or not, is not just a guy who makes the shoes. It's no, we're talking about the guys who make the shoes. Oh, we're talking about crisps, crumbles, and guys who make shoes. Crisps, crumbles, Christopher Columbus, and the guy who makes the shoes. When with the co- with the cobbler, it's almost like a like a pudding in the like british or like like french sense of pudding as opposed to american pudding in that it's like you get kind of the softer bake like a very soft dough happening on the top and it's a lot more goopy and a lot less about the the bake and more about the the fruit what to you is a british pudding because i thought pudding just meant dessert in britain it does. I think I'm more thinking like the French pudding that's like... like pudding chômeur? Yeah, what? like a pudding chômeur that's like... Chômeur, sorry. It's like, a, it's like a, a soggy bread. Like I think of cobbler as soggy. 
a little bit. Okay. Compared to the other two. I'm very slightly offended by that, but I understand. Not in a bad way, just it like that's the texture you go for more with a cobbler is that it's like wetter. Okay. A wet cobbler. A wet cobbler. So for a non baker, you did remarkably well. Okay, I'll take it. I think I think you've got the principles. You understand the principles. Um, may I explain to you from a baker's perspective, technically speaking. Yeah. What it is. Yeah. Are you looking this up? Yeah. I'm telling you. I'm sorry. I got curious. Why you got to check me? Tell me Why you got to check my sources? I'm checking my own self more than anything. Crisp and crumble are very similar. They're both topped with a streusel topping. What is that? So they're both baked fruit. Like on the bottom, your filling is usually fruit tossed with some lemon juice, some sugar, maybe a little bit of a thickening agent like arrowroot starch or cornstarch or flour. I often don't bother with a thickener. but. Then the topping is a streusel. So a streusel topping is uh, equal parts flour, butter, and sugar. Um, Often you can use brown sugar. That adds a really nice flavor to it. And then like a little pinch of salt and maybe some cinnamon or something, depending on what you're doing. So for a crisp, your streusel topping has oats, maybe some nuts, pretty much consistently oats. Like you kind of have to have oats in it for it to be a crisp. Sure. And that makes it... A crisper texture, right? It makes it a little crunchier. It makes it not hold together quite as much. And it's almost more of like a garnish on the top than like a proper crust. Mm. So then crumbles kind of in the middle. Crumbles are my personal favorite, Mm. I've got to say. Shout out to the streusel. I love streusel. I became really besotted with streusel when I was working in a bakery and would just make it like in large batches for things. It's just, it's, it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. There's a few ways to make it the way I always make it as I mix together the flour and the sugar and the salt. And I actually often add baking powder, which mm-hmm. is not often done, but just makes it a little lighter. Mm-hmm. Um, it honestly brings it more in the direction of a cobbler. It's Uh-oh. sort of like slowly sliding on that, on that, but it's not quite, it's not quite there yet because it's still just like butter, sugar, flour. Yeah. When a little bit of leavening. And you can pile that on a little thicker. It's very, very buttery. And it, it like holds together more. So you get these nice big soft crumbs that are still crunchy, but like have a really like buttery pastry feel to them. Sure. Yeah. Um, I really love crumbles. I really like crumbles with summer fruit, especially like a peach crumble. Mm. I made one this summer that was just like Yeah, you did. Outstanding. That's what that sound was that I just yeah, made. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I love that. Uh, plums are also really nice in crumbles. Mm. Plumbles. Plumbles. Um, but I mean, apple crumble, classic apple rhubarb. Rhubarb is really nice to add to your crumbles and crisps and mm-hmm, cobblers mm-hmm. because rhubarb has a lot of natural pectin. Yeah. Which means that you don't really need a thickener because the pectin is going to hold that together. Yeah. And I really like for me, you know, I love fruit. I like the fruit to sing. Yeah. And I find that when you add thickener, even a little bit, it's just, it gets in the way just a little bit. Sure. Well, and the other thing with rhubarb, like, Shout out to rhubarb for having that acidity to it too, right? Have we done a rhubarb episode yet? No, we but need we to should. do a rhubarb. Yeah. I love rhubarb. Yeah, you know I love. This was one of like the earliest things our relationship was built on. <laughs> it's true. I feel like rhubarb goes nice in a crumble because it like has that acidity that cuts through mm-hmm. the like the the rich fattiness of the the butteriness of the crumble, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. and also just sets off the other flavors like. Mm-hmm. Acid is like salt, you know, like acid sets off other flavors beautifully. And especially when you have things like peaches that are very sweet, but also have a really delicate flavor. Mm. 
Wait, did I just say peaches? Peaches and rhubarb don't go together. Did you mean strawberries? Yeah. When you have something like strawberries that are pretty sweet, have a kind of a delicate flavor, mm. the rhubarb just like sets that off. Actually, it's like a bump it's on like, that. I don't hate the idea of peaches and rhubarb together. Yeah, no, as I was saying that, I was like, just because I've never done it doesn't mean it won't be good. Yeah. I'm thinking like, especially it could be a really nice like tea almost. Like a peach rhubarb iced oh, tea. Oh, you could do like a peach rhubarb, like, like, yeah, like, yes. You could do like a simple syrup with them and then like, mm. I had once in Nova Scotia. I can't remember where it was. It was like south of Halifax. Ironworks Brewing, I think is what it's called. Or Ironworks something. It's distillery because they're not a brewing company. I was there in Nova Scotia and they make... Uh, liqueurs from fruits but they're they're not really the traditional liqueur where it's like very sweet and very cloying they really like try to just take the fruit and I think they I think they make like a I can only remember the Chinese uh, the Korean word for it like a chung the chong like the um I'm saying that terribly because I don't speak Korean but like where you take the fruit and you layer it with sugar and you just let like it turn into a syrup in sugar like dry Mm. And then um, use that to make the liqueur. But they had, wow, this was a very long meandering way to get to the point, which was that they had a rhubarb one Mm -hmm. that was like the most delicious thing because the rhubarb wasn't cooked. And usually you get cooked rhubarb flavor, but they took raw rhubarb and really just like pressed the the raw rhubarb. I see. Um, And it was delicious now i like nomming on raw rhubarb i like to just toss it with a little sugar and then while i'm making the crust i just like snack on my little rhubarb pieces cranberries too i just like like tart things a little bit of peanut butter on there and some raisins like i feel like rhubarb looks too much like celery not for that to be delicious you know it it has to taste it would hurt your teeth a little bit i think that's the one thing Mm. with rhubarb is that the acidity does hurt my teeth a little bit Mm. I have sensitive teeth. Anyway, it was delicious, and I still think about it to this day. Like, I also had wild blueberry. I had other ones that were good, but the rhubarb, it was just, like, it was so fresh. It was so bright. It was absolute. And, like, I think it was alcoholic, but, like, that wasn't even the, like, point of it. You know? It was just, it was so, so nice. So, and then, finally, what's a cobbler? Uh, A cobbler is a little man. Well, he doesn't have to be little. (laughs) And it doesn't have to be a man. man. Wow. Cobbler is somebody who will fix or make your shoes. Didn't think you were sexist about cobblers. Often a friend of elves. Learn something every day. And when you bake it? Uh, That's illegal. If I I stuff a shoemaker into my oven, what comes out? Prison. No. You will go to prison for that. Not before they're out of my oven. Okay. All right. A cobbler, when we're talking about baked things, uh, baked goods, a cobbler is same thing, baked fruit, but the topping is a biscuit dough, a Mm. sweet biscuit dough. It's not, well, the way I make it, it's not really a flaky biscuit dough, but it is technically, it's like baking powder leavened. It has some milk in it. Like it's got more of a dough to it and you just kind of glob it on top with a spoon. It's like cakier a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's a little, but not sweet. Like it's not very sweetened. Sure. So it's more like a shortcake. Like when you make like strawberry shortcakes with the like biscuits, Mm -hmm. it's like that kind of, um, like a scone maybe. Yeah. And so instead of like making it into a crumble and scattering it on top, you're dolloping it on top. Mm. Um, And then something you can do that I really like to do that I think I got from Deb is you sprinkle it with sugar and then you pour a couple spoonfuls of water over it right before you put it in the oven and then you get a really like crispy crunchy sugar crust Mm. over it and you said you think of it as soggy 
And I want to just talk about that for a minute. Yeah. So why do I think of it as soggy? Because I, so, listening to you describe it does not bring soggy to mind. But I feel like, to me, it is the wetter I think we need to bring thing. this back to dumplings. Do you remember when we talked about dumplings? Yeah. And about dumplings, not the wrapper dumplings, but the, like, doubled on top of something dumplings. Sure. Not to be so, confused with the cobbler dumplings. Right. I mean, that's the thing is, like, they kind of are a dumpling. Okay. It's, it's kind of a dumpling. Yeah. And the key to a good cobbler is that the dough is not so wet that it will ooze down into the fruit. Mm -hmm. You want it to really bake fully. So you will have kind of a softer layer when it meets the fruit. Sure, a soggy bottom. Yeah, well, sure, yes. Um, But you want it to be fluffy and light and so that when you break it open with your spoon, it absorbs those fruit juices right then. Okay. Um, so, of course, then if you put it in the fridge, you've probably had like one or two day old cobbler out of our fridge, which like, yes, will yeah. ne- necessarily get soggy because it's like, sitting in the fridge. I like it like that. Sure, yeah. But when it's fresh out of the oven, it won't have that. It'll be that yeah. kind of light, fluffy texture. Okay. This makes sense to me. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Really good with ice cream. Oh, my God. <laughs> All of these things, but especially cobblers, are really good with ice cream. Mm-hmm. Although I will say, once you pop the ice cream on top of the biscuit, you are heading to Soggy Town much faster yes. because you've got on both sides now. Okay, that that explains it. Because yeah, I, it's it shouldn't necessarily be like inherently soggier than the others, but I think like once it kind of starts to absorb, it gets there faster. Right, right, because the streusel and the and the crisp won't absorb the juice as much. Yeah, because they're drier. They're also a thinner layer. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the lightness of the cobbler is what also makes it absorb more liquid. It's just that it's lighter. It's it's leavened in a way the other two aren't. Okay, and so the right. leavening creates air pockets, and then the air pockets are where the juice goes. Oh, of course. Okay. So when yeah. you have something that's not leavened, it doesn't have those air pockets, mm. and it's not going to suck up the juice. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is why matzah is so so dry. Yeah, it's why you could like make a raft out of matzah and float on it to sea. Yeah. Like in the Bible. But you wouldn't want to do that. <laughs> that's how the Israelites <laughs> crossed the Red Sea. <laughs> But they they made up the Moses story because they didn't want to, like, give away the secret. (laughs) (laughs) You heard it here first, folks. Ancient Jewish technology. Okay, we're going to hop on our matzah boat and uh, (laughs) sail across the sea into the mid-roll to tell you how you can support the show. Welcome to the mid-roll. That wasn't a jump scare. That just made you sound like a 40-year-old man doing this in your basement. Welcome to the mid-roll. If when you're, you're a 30-year-old non-binary doing this in what should be our bedroom. Welcome to the mid-roll. If you're enjoying <laughs> Ooh, baby, welcome to the mid-roll. This is the part of the show where we shamelessly ask you to give us money and or moral support. If you're enjoying the show so far, make sure to hit subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on so that you never miss a new episode. While you're at it, consider leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or sharing this episode with a friend. Maybe you've got a friend who doesn't know how to bake. And needs a little crash course in the difference between crisps, crumps, and crumblers. Maybe you uh, have a friend who likes a soggy bottom. (laughs) Or uh, maybe you got a friend who... It's a queen song about that, right? Is a cobbler. (laughs) For every new rating and review we get during the month of October, we'll be donating $2 to The Depot, our local food bank here in NDG. For every $1 they get... For they can, for they can, maybe they can turn every one dollar that they get into three dollars worth of food for a family in need. So, but when you would get by doing the simple free act of leaving them, baby, (laughs) (laughs) 
Give us review, we give them money. Yes. (laughs) $1 is $3, so when you leave a review and we give them $2, that's $6. Math. Math. (laughs) And you know what you can get a lot of for $6? Rhubarb? Not really anymore. Not anymore, unless you plant it. I need to plant it. I need a rhubarb plant. The yuppies found out about rhubarb, and now everything's gone downhill. I'm so mad about that. They're gentrifying our cobwebs. I grew up with like six rhubarb plants in my backyard. It is wow. it is physically painful for me to spend money on rhubarb. I always forget that you come from money. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, we converted all my family's assets into rhubarb. Imagine if that was true. That's why I want to buy oh. the family home back. <laughs> <laughs> more rhubarb, more. I used to I used to you know rhubarb has really big leaves. I used to hide under them playing hide and seek. I thought you were, you, you were about to say you used to eat them. No, rhubarb leaves are toxic. Don't eat My them. mother used to say whenever we were leaving the house, she would say, and don't eat any rhubarb leaves. Whoa. That's, that's good advice. <laughs> you know what else is good advice? You should leave us a rating review. Because <laughs> there's no other way to turn zero into six. So if that math is exciting for you, go do it. You can help us help the depot make a difference for some folks this Hallow's Eve. You can read all about what the depot is doing at the link in the description of this episode. If you want to be my lover, you got to join my Patreon. <laughs> when did this perk get added? <laughs> <laughs> if you join the Patreon, you'll get access to our new monthly newsletter, the No Bad Food Recipe Club. How many more months are we going to call it a new monthly newsletter before we stop? This is the third month, the right? The third month. I think this is the last, the last month one. we can yeah. call it new. That sounds good to me. So this is your last chance to get in on it while it's new, and then next month it's going to be old. Every month we post new recipes for you to try out and share with your friends and family, and then we talk about them in the Discord, which is fun. And you don't get to be part of it unless you join our Patreon. So if you're not already a member of our Patreon, think about doing it. It's a, it's a dollar a month at the minimum or more if you want. A maximum of... Uh, all your dollar a month if you want to but that's a bad choice here's some advice don't eat the rhubarb leaves and don't pledge every single cent you make to our patreon every month because you need your budget for other stuff but you can give us a dollar unless you only make a dollar i guess patreon.com slash no bad food pod hop on my mozzarella we're going back to the show okay so you alluded to this earlier that you and I, we both love a good crisp crumble or crump. I can never get the third one right because my brain just goes straight into alliteration mode instead of going into actual lists of words mode. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. It's a, it's a problem for me. Crumps, crambles, and croups. Crisp craps and <laughs> crisp prats. So, okay. So we have defined them. Mm-hmm. Now, the nice thing about them is the possibilities are endless. Yes. I mean, you really can do any kind of fruit. You can really do any kind of fruit that you have. Blueberry. Blueberry. Great. Strawberry. Great. Fantastic. Raspberry. Beautiful. Man, if you have access to crumble loads of raspberries. Fuck. Fuck. That's luxury. Listen, if you live in the Pacific Northwest, get you a basket, go pick a bunch of blackberries, make you a blackberry crumble. When I was a child, my grandma lived by the beach in in vancouver and we would go along by the beach and there were blackberry bushes up the up the hill from the beach and we would pick blackberries and it was good cucumber no no cucumber crumble no cucumber no tomato no it's almost like a calzone i don't want to make a tomato crumble please stop pushing this in cursed directions i don't know why you're doing this to me persimmon probably really good with something tart Mm mm-hmm 
Persimmons are very sweet. You'd need to have something tart in there. Mm-hmm. Persimmon and plum. Ooh, baby. Like those little tart yeah. purple plums. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, a nice thing I forgot to mention for cobbler, actually, but um, I said that with streusel, you do a one-to-one-to-one ratio. You can do the same thing with cobbler. For me, it's a little too sweet when you do it one-to-one-to-one. Um, but just like flour, sugar, milk, one of each, and then add your leavening and whatever. But I'm not going to get into that because baking a cobbler by feel is trickier because it's leavened. So I'm not going to do that to you. But I will say that if you're a beginner baker, if you're really wanting to get into baking and you want to make something that's super satisfying, that doesn't take a lot of time, um, crisps and crumbles are a great place to start. Sure. And really either one, like based on what you like. I am not a big fan of rolled oats. I had way too many of them as a child. Um, so I lean more towards the crumble. Just rich with rhubarb and rolled oats. Eh? Oh yeah, that's what I, I... Literally, I had some friends and we used to go play in their basement and they had giant... Because all my friends had like giant bins of dried goods because we were all homeschooled hippie kids. And we used to run around in their basement pretending to be horses and just eating handfuls of raw oats. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Can we still be friends? Yeah, I'm just I'm I'm are you okay? <laughs> you know I'm not okay. <laughs> you know. You know this. Anyway, if you are a beginner, start at the very beginning. It's a very good place to start. Take whatever fruit you want. But like, hey, want to make it simple? Use apples. It's apple season. They're cheap. They're easy to get your hands on. Bunch of apples of your favorite type. Tart varieties work really well like Granny Smith's, but honestly, use whatever's cheap. It doesn't really matter. Um, Macintoshes will shine in this because they have a lot of flavor, but they're absolutely terrible to eat out of hand. Don't use Red Delicious for anything ever. I shouldn't have to tell you this. Yeah, throw them away. Chop up your apples. Add sugar. Basically, just to taste, add as much sugar as you want. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think a little squeeze of lemon is really nice, but it's not necessary. Fun hack. Lemons are super expensive these days. As you all know, everything is really expensive. Mm -hmm. You can get citric acid by the bag, like on Amazon. Mm -hmm. It's really cheap. You get it for canning, right? And if you take like a teeny bit of that, pinch of that and toss it with your fruit it's the same acid that's in lemons so it won't have the same flavor profile but if you can't afford a lemon every time you're baking something get yourself some citric acid use that to toss with your fruit it also stops apples from browning which is really nice um and it'll give you that little zing um without breaking the bank so really nice tip yeah toss those together with your with your um a little bit of salt and a bunch of sugar to your taste and maybe some spices if you want to add that like apple spice to it throw in Mm. some cinnamon some nutmeg some clove uh clove i really like clove adds like an undertone to it all so Mm. like cinnamon is really sweet right nutmeg is another dimension nutmeg is kind of round and creamy and then Mm. clove or allspice just kind of put some base down sure yeah on that flavor profile put those aside while they're this is called macerating this is a term for you to make teenagers giggle. Mm -hmm. Macerating is when you put fruit in sugar and you let it sit and the sugar breaks down the fruit a little bit. So while they're macerating, take one part butter, one part sugar of your choice. I really like brown sugar for this. Uh, And one part flour. If you have a food processor, you could just chuck it in the food processor. Um, But the way I like to do it, I think I mentioned this already, I mix together the flour and sugar, little pinch of salt, add in your oats if you're using them or your nuts if you're doing a crumble i suggest adding like just even just like a half teaspoon of baking powder to it Mm. melt your butter 
uh, and pour it over and then mix it up with a fork and you'll see those beautiful like streusel crumbles start to mm. come together. Which like, I have a bone to pick about streusel. When we were children, if you got a muffin, that muffin had a streusel topping. Mm. Have I talked about 90s muffins yet? Uh, I miss the muffins of the 90s. I know you have with me. I, I'm not sure if we've talked about this on the show before. I miss the muffins of the 90s. I don't know what muffins are doing these days. Muffins are not what they used to be. It's probably shrinkflation. But when I was a child, if you got a muffin, it had a nice, big, domed muffin top. And that muffin top probably had some streusel. And it probably had some big, chunky sugar on it. Yeah. And it was the best fucking thing in the world and now you go get a muffin and they're like oh it is in a little bit of uh, it is in a little bit of parchment paper and it is just a small little thing and it's mostly stump you just get muffin stumps what happened to muffins an investigative episode coming to you soon from no bad food yeah i mean i feel like like laziness and automation probably right no i think it's probably shrinkflation disguised as gentrification I think it's like, this is a fancy patisserie muffin, not a big, Mm. crass American muffin. But I like big, crass American muffins. Damn right. I'm with Jerry Seinfeld on this one. (laughs) So, you make your streusel. Mm -hmm. Sprinkle it. You put your pan... I just mix my fruit directly in a 9 by 13 pan. Okay. I don't even use a bowl. If I'm making a crisp or a crumble, the fruit is going right in the pan. Yeah, why bother? The sugar and stuff is going right on the fruit. Shoot. So, it's in the pan. That was a putting fruit in a pan sound effect mm-hmm. sprinkle your crumble over it if there's not enough no big deal make another batch this go. is a ratio it's 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 easy yeah uh if there's too much no there's not press it down yeah. it's wonderful God. um chuck it in the it. oven like 350 400 whatever i don't know experiment 350 is a good place to start usually takes like 40 minutes I'm going to say 375. I'm going to split the difference. I'm going to say 375. It really doesn't matter. I mean, it does matter because you want the fruit to cook uh, without the the topping burning. But, you know, you can look at a recipe if you feel like it. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'll put a recipe in Recipe Club. Uh, And then you pull it out. It's usually like 40, 45 minutes. Pull it out. It is beautiful. And unlike a bread or something or a cake, you can eat it hot. You can spoon it right into a bowl. Put some vanilla ice cream on top. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So good. So good good and it's going to be so satisfying because you're going to make a thing Mm -hmm. and you're going to be like I'm not somebody who bakes but now I can make a mean ass crumble that's it and now you're somebody who bakes yeah and now you're somebody who brings your crumble like listen find a fun fruit combination Mm -hmm. bring it to an event and then everybody's going to be like ooh are you going to bring that crumble and then you're going to become the person who makes the crumble kiwi and avocado crumble absolutely not go to hell (laughs) (laughs) okay pineapple coconut crisp Yes, yeah. Because you get the pineapple underneath, you uh-huh. mix coconut flakes uh-huh. into the into the streusel topping. Mm-hmm. Huh? Yeah, yeah. Ah. That sounds like something a '60s housewife would come up with. Well, that's my vibe. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought. Of <laughs> what? I just thought about grape crumble. <laughs> it's a thing you can make it with, like Concord grapes or something. It's no, no, nice. no. It's just, no, just like grape. a green seedless grapes. I'll try it. Oh. I'd try it. The worst. Nothing against green seedless grapes. I just you don't usually bake them. Baking them sounds like a terrible. They're so sweet. You would really need something acidic to set it off. But also, like, I feel like it wouldn't taste like a like much of anything at that point. You know? Yeah, probably not. Ugh. I think those are better for just snackety snacking. Freezing. You freeze them and then you eat um, them like a little crunchy snack. Oh, so good. 
Listen, I grew up in it with an almond mom. You think I didn't eat frozen grapes? Oh, I'm sure you ate them by the handful out of so your little many. feed bag you hung around your chin. <laughs> I was not a horse clop, girl. Clop, I was clop, not clop. a horse girl. This was a, I was just with horse kids. <laughs> Cherries. Cherry almond. Mm-hmm. You okay? <laughs> Yeah. Put a little almond extract in the, with yes, the cherries yes, and then put yes, some almonds. Yes. You're making me uncomfortable. Well, you said cherry and almond. I, I <laughs> help myself. Oof, you're giving me the vapors. Um, yeah, so cherries are so good baked. Mm-hmm. Too expensive to bake most of the time. But like, if you have a cherry tree, please do that. God. If you have a cherry tree, can I come live with you? Teffer can be the little black horse in your cherry tree. Woo-hoo. Whoa. <laughs> I think it's a big black horse. You're pretty small for a horse, let's be fair. I'm not black either. (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) Oh, it's and a cherry tree. Yeah. My whole life I thought this horse was in the tree. I think it's better that way. (laughs) Wow. I also have to give a shout out to... KT Tunstall. I don't remember her name, but Cobbler. I got put onto Cobbler by... A man named Peter Falk, who went to my church when I was a child, and his mother made this. Mama Falk. Gave me the recipe, I think because she wanted her son to be able to have one, even though she lived far away. And I was really into baking as a teenager. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But she was the one who taught me the like one to one to one ratio. Um, And hers was blueberry. Because I don't know, maybe she was rich. That's such a wholesome way to take care of your adult children. Yeah, they were very wholesome. They were very wholesome people. Peter was a really lovely guy. I I think he's still doing good. He's a woodworker. Good for um, him. Yeah. But. I, I just, I like something about like, oh, uh, you know, I want you to be able to have my baked goods. Let me track down whoever you are yeah. in contact with the most who bakes well and give them my recipes. I like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. It was very wholesome. Yeah. Listen, it's a simple topic. Mm-hmm. You know where I'm going to go with this. Go to Deb. Go to Deb. Go to Deb Perelman. Go to Smitten Kitchen. She has so many. She has so many ideas and so many recipes. She is who gave me the idea of leavening the crumble. You know when we talk about baking, I'm talking about Deb. Yeah. Do it. And now I really want gooseberries. I want to make something with gooseberries. I want to do like gooseberry and peach, you know? Sure. Apricot and cherry would be great too. Apricot and raspberry. I need to get some rhubarb and I need to make some stuff and I need to do some things. Okay, shall we wrap this up? I gotta get baking. Gotta do some baking this week. Yeah, really, really, really do. Maybe I should do some baking this week. I can make a fucking biscuit dough. Get empowered. Become somebody who bakes cobblers and crumbles and crisps. That's the thing. Listen, I'm gonna... Crispy cobbler crumbles. This is a piece of advice I'm gonna give you here at the end of the show. A nugget, if you will, of wisdom that you can apply to both your, like baking and cooking repertoire life but also to other aspects of your life including your curriculum vitae or or resume Uh, and that is you can embellish your skills and your accomplishments and your titles curriculum vitae Uh, so if you think about you know this thing of oh I'm not somebody who bakes you learn one thing that you can bake and now you're a baker yep you're not just someone who can make crumble you're a baker Mm -hmm. damn it did you set your oven to 375 and then put a lasagna in it congrats you're a baker you baked that lasagna you don't need to give details when people ask you what kind of stuff you bake mm-hmm. now, don't if you've only baked a lasagna don't tell someone you're dating you're a baker that's gonna get you in a sticky oh, situation don't tell someone you're dating just put it on your resume that you bake oh okay listen you can get whatever job you want okay it's true do you pick up garbage sometimes when you see it on the street congratulations you're a public 
sanitation sanitation engineer engineer listen if catch me if you can taught me anything be what you want to be and someone will make a musical of your life it's true and that's your happy ending there you go for the four people who know the catch me if you can musical that was a great joke for them (laughs) be who you want to be b-a-r-b-i-e barbie girl thanks so much for listening to no bad food do you want to be part of the conversation? Hit us up on the socials at No Bad Food Pod and individually at Teffer Bear and at Tom Zalatni. If you like this episode and want to help us make the show even better, head to patreon.com slash nobadfoodpod to donate. For as little as $1 a month, you'll be joining the ranks of fine folks like Chantal H., Gab, Thomas, Erica, Andrew, Chantal T., David, Mallory, Sarah, Nell, Carol Ann, Rachel, and Aslam. Our patrons get access to all kinds of awesome perks, including the ability to request topics for episodes of the show. If that's exciting for you, head to patreon.com slash nobadfoodpod and make it so. You can just make me talk about oats. Listen, you want an oats episode? You want a horse episode? Yeah, technically. Yeah. We also have merch. You can hurt the merch. You can hurt the merch. You can hurt the merch. You can hit the nerds. <laughs> we also have merch. You can hit the merch link in the description to get all sorts of great stuff from our friends over at Pod Cavern. And of course, you can support us for free by leaving a rating and review. <laughs> Jump scares. The worst. <clears throat> on your podcatcher of choice and by sharing this episode with a friend. Our theme music is by Zach Handfuls of Horse Fuel Ingles and our cover art is by David the Little Man Who Makes the Shoes Flam. You can find links for both of them in the description of this episode. <laughs> Do you ever think that we're kind of like a John Ralphio and uh, what's her name if they weren't siblings but were instead dating? <laughs> you know, Jenny Slate. Yeah. And last but not least Sonic the, the Hedgehog and Marcel the Shell. Power couple, honestly. Frankly. Last but not least, this show is produced by Tom Zalatni mm. and Tafra Jemian uh. and edited by Tom Zalatni Ow. as part of the Podcavern Network. Okay! You can find out about all the great shows on our network over at www.podcavern.com. Ow! Happy October! No, go away! Stop! No Bad Food is a proud member of the Podcavern Network. For more great shows like this one, head to podcavern.com. Five years, four seasons, two miniseries. It all comes together in the epic finale of Moonbase Theta Out. Hello again, Moonbaseians. It's just too much to keep under control here. Our position is on the moon. We are in possession of the moon bases. That is where we intend to remain and despite you. I was trying to fix things. Get your fists up, Michelle. We're going to end this one way or another. There is nowhere on the moon that you can hide. We will be visiting your position soon. This message is for Dr. Ashrini Ray and Roger Bergato Fisher. Your messages have been received, and we recognize your struggle. Let's move. We could message everyone, everywhere. What did I miss? Sorry, love. It's a busy day at the end of the moon. We've been through the end of so many things, but we're still here. Moonbase Theta Out, the series finale. 
August 20th and September 3rd, 2023. Arcane Ninja RPG tells a story about ninjas and magic by mixing improv and role-playing. Meet our fledgling ninja and fall for them as they take their graduation exam and stumble upon unknown magic that will send them in an epic adventure. Root for them as the dice dictate just how successfully they face the threatening challenges that lay ahead. Binge on published episodes at the Pot Cavern Network or your podcast station of choice. Tune in every other Tuesday for your bi-weekly fix of Arcane Ninja RPG. Thanks for listening! <laughs>